0: Welcome to Inside Scoop, a podcast that brings you practical servings of Swami's sweetest teachings. Our guest today hails from the small but powerful island of Singapore is the asia pacific head of risk management for regulated businesses at amazon and an active young adult in singapore regularly leading and singing bhajans welcome brother kunal
1: thank you thank you very much for, for that very uh humbling introduction
0: very happy to have you here so as usual we're going to begin the episode with the segment called third speed samsara Um, As you know, um, that entails a series of questions that I'll ask you and your responses should be quick and entertaining like the third speed of a bhajan. And given that you're someone who is found constantly singing bhajans, like every minute of every day, we expect great things from you for this segment. (laughs) Okay. No pressure. No pressure. You have five seconds to think of a response. but uh, you're not limited to five seconds in your answer. Question number one, spell successful backwards.
1: L-U-F-S-S-E-C-U-S
0: Second question, three names that come to mind when I say success
1: names that come to mind when you say success.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Jack Welsh, uh, Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela.
0: Very nice list. How would you describe the word success to a four-year-old?
1: How would you describe success to a four-year-old? Yeah. Happiness, joy, (laughs) laugh, smile, enjoy enjoy be enjoying yourself
0: very nice enjoy yourself your response to someone who says being a housewife or a seva doll or house husband is not success why is that all
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's enough to get them thinking i guess
0: nice and succinct um and if they're like why not
1: but why how? Why? Like, why is that not success? What's the definition of success?
0: Correct. Right. How
1: okay. are they defining
0: success? Your response to someone who says not everyone is destined for success.
1: I'd query that. You kill me um, with the why again. I
0: say why again.
1: I. <laughs> <laughs> I'd query uh, that not everyone's destined for success. Um, I'd query that.
0: Nice. Well, cool. very nicely done, Canal. So, Canal, let's jump right into it as someone who's always been driven by data facts statistics i mean you're the excel man (laughs) i thought you'd be best suited to discuss some of these recent trends i've observed okay and that is that the world we live in has established various benchmarks or barometers for success Mm. grades academic qualification professional rankings linkedin social media followers And then there are the various organizational lists like the Forbes 30 and the 30 list. And there's really no end. Mm. In your opinion, are these benchmarks important?
1: Yeah, I think we have to acknowledge that to society, they are important, right? Um, You know, they're an indicator of professional success. And we as society have been conditioned to think that um, that defines success because of the qualities and skills that such lists imply that an individual has, right? So if somebody has made the list, he must be very smart, he must be very hard-working, innovative, etc., yeah. etc. Cetera, et cetera. Now in my humble opinion, I think it's definitely one measure of professional success, which by the way is only one kind of realm of success, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But even this one particular measure I think has its fair share of limitations. Right, if you know, a couple of them would be number one. It draws comparisons with others, yeah. Right, which which is endless, right? And I think it should be drawing comparisons um, versus yourself yesterday. So how you're performing today versus how you did yesterday. Um, The second limitation, right, is that it focuses very much on the outcome and doesn't account so much for the process. Um, it also doesn't account for the differences in circumstances, right? So you could have somebody who ha- has, say, exam phobia
0: right.
1: and is not able to perform in exams, but may be academically actually very good, yeah. right? Um, or, you know, should be considered very good. Uh, could have somebody else who's mentally challenged, mm-hmm. right? But um, the person and somebody who's mentally challenged who does relatively well given their circumstances, but they may not be, you know, um equally recognized so there are definitely limitations to to this particular measure um but you know society does look at it as a as a measure
0: right okay that's very insightful um your view is essentially that it's one way of measuring success but it can't be used exclusively i mean because if you think about it it makes sense surely the success of our 70 or 80 year lifespan can't be dictated solely by 30 years of professional hustle, right? As you pointed out, these benchmarks don't really take into account the fact that a person may be abusive, mm. an alcoholic, depressed, or lonely. Um, and your view is actually quite consistent with a recent article that highlighted how many Forbes under 40 individuals have been charged with various criminal offenses. Oh, wow! So they've made it to these lists, but they've been... You know, found fraudulent, um, charged with scamming, money laundering, bribery, um, and some of them are serving prison sentences. So these definitions of success—being fame, fortune, innovation—compounded by these these lists, which seem to be getting younger and younger every year—are they selling ambition and drive in a way that encourages us to fake it till you make it? You know, or encourages taking shortcuts and? Mm this any cost attitude which as long as the ends justify the means we must we must go for it you know so i guess my next question is if that is not success yeah okay what is like what does success mean to you what indicators would you use to measure success
1: Hmm. i I think success can mean different things to different people Uh, and i think that we as individuals need to define it for ourselves but to me um, success is someone who is genuinely happy, right? Um, and, and what do I mean by that, right? I think obviously people need to find out for themselves what makes them, what gives them genuine happiness. But research does, for most research does suggest that it revolves around having good relationships, um, you know, good health, having a sense of purpose, having gratitude, etc. right? And if I take me, for example, um, could cont- contributing to others success right and whether that may be a student at school or somebody in their life right a mentee for example, that you know gives me genuine happiness mm. right So th- that for me would be one of the criteria of, of, of success. Mm. But again I think it's down to down to people to define um, to, your, to the second part of your question with regards to indicators mm. right um, again, You know, individuals will have their own measures or metrics to to look at whether they're successful. But I I think a couple could be, number one, am I of good character, Mm. right? And you know, Swami says the end of education is character, right? Um, It's also one of the seven habits of highly effective people, right? Mm. Which is start with the end in mind, right? So what do you want your obituary to say? Right? They're not going to be talking about how many hours you spent in the office, etc. They're going to be talking about you as a person, you know, yeah. your character. Um, and Swami also says, right? First, uh, I quote what Swami says. He says, First, one must be trained in the technique of peace and happiness. These do not depend on the outer, the external, the visible, objective world. It is not enough if students secure high ranks in the class and earn a good name." They should work for the progress of the society and the nation, and thus bring a good name to parents, join good company, speak good words, cultivate right vision, and pursue education that will build your character. This is what I expect from you.
0: Those are high expectations, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Indeed, all right, so that's that's around character. So that's, that's one kind of potential metric. Um, another one is, you know, one that, I I suggest we ask ourselves, have I been the best that I can be, Mm. right? And this is in all respects, right? Whether it's work, whether it's school, whether it's relationships, whether it's being in the kitchen, right? Um, Have I been the best that I can be? And that doesn't necessarily mean being top of the class or a top performer at work, Mm. um, but just being the best that you can be as an individual, you know, Mm. giving 110%. Um, And I think continuous learning and development has, is a key kind of component of that so that's a second metric and maybe a third one i'd look at is um am i at peace right right with all that we as humans have to contend with in this day and age um you know especially when thrown challenges like a pandemic you know unemployment uncertainties i would say that being able to maintain your peace and remain equanimous should be considered uh, a success, right? Um, but these are a couple of. So, like, when
0: you say peace, do you mean like being content?
1: Being content, right. absolutely. Yeah, it, it ties in with with gratitude, right? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Ultimately, I, I think it's all it's for us to decide, like how we want to define success and what metrics we want to use. Um, the research obviously does have suggestions, and and you know we all ha- will have our perspectives, um, but yeah.
0: Okay, Kunal, I think you may be on to something because there is research to suggest that despite progress in economic and social development, citizens in developed countries are less happy than citizens in less developed countries. And so higher standards of living, better health care, um, economic growth doesn't equate to greater happiness. And this is what studies call the Easterland Paradox. Mm-hmm. And it states that happiness and income are positively correlated. Okay. But over time, happiness does not increase when a country's income increases. So essentially, there's only so much happiness money can buy. And if we look at those benchmarks we were talking about earlier, the indicators we use to measure personal success is similar to how we measure a country's success, you know, um, wealth, economic growth, etc. So doesn't this echo Swami's message on ceiling of desires in that more desires feeds unhappiness? So how does ceiling of desires then impact success?
1: Yeah. So the assumption here i suppose is that success is defined as, as genuine happiness, right? And ceiling of desires is certainly not conducive for happiness um, and hence success. And you know we can illustrate that with an example, right? So if we take parents or some parents their first desire right with a child is they want the child to get into a good school right all right once that desire is fulfilled they then want them to be top of the class right again comparing against others right um then wow he's a straight a's kid we must get him into a good university
0: right
1: right harvard mba get him a good job earns a good salary wow now see all the girls want to marry him like let's get him a. let's get him married
0: yeah
1: um and then that gets fulfilled, and then of course every other conversation is about I'm waiting for the good news. When are the kids coming? Right. right? So you can clearly see that it's an I, example. I of... sense
0: some personal uh, <laughs> resentment coming
1: through. <laughs> you can clearly see that that you know once the desire is fulfilled, um, it's endless, right? There's always other desires. So it's a it's a classic example of how desires breed unhappiness. Brother Arvind also, uh, I recall seeing in one of his videos that he talks about a happiness formula which he'd gathered from a friend studying at the Institute of Higher Learning. And the formula is effectively that uh, your happiness desire... Happiness equals the happiness, uh, sorry, the desires you fulfill divided by the desires that you have, Okay. right? And given that the desires that you have is the denominator, technically, if that is zero, so if you don't have desires, then your happiness is infinite. Wow. Given that you've got zero as a denominator, so that was quite a powerful uh, formula, um, and you should certainly link to that that video in the um, in the podcast notes. Uh, and and Swami, of course, Swami has said that you know in the Ramayana we find the example of Ravana. He was highly educated, very rich and powerful. But despite all this, he brought about his ruin. Why? Because he could not control his desires. He lost his discrimination due to his evil desires and he could not recognize what was good and what was bad.
0: Mm. But let's be real. This is easier say- said than done, you know, having fewer desires so that you're more happy and therefore more successful. Especially when the world, social media, advertising, keeps pressuring us to succumb to their definition of success, you know, traveling the world, money, status, rank, fashion. We can't say these barometers don't matter because we are part of a system that uses it. It's the rules of the game. We have to do well at school, secure a good job, maximize our potential. So how do we bridge the gap? between the way society perceives success and how we define success? And can we realistically achieve success the way society perceives while staying true to our values? How do you do it? Because I know you to be someone who embodies Swami's teachings constantly, and yet you are extremely successful in the material world. Tell us your Mm. secret sauce.
1: It's all about magic. It's, it's all obviously a large part of it is, is Swami's grace there's no question about that but just on what you were saying around society's perception of success um, and and you know succumbing to that I, I still think that it's about uh, and it should be about how we define success right and what society um, you know believe is success should matter a lot less than how we uh, you know define success for ourselves. So I think that's the most important thing, and that's, that's something that we all must take time to do. Mm. Right, um, but having said that, you know, for those that are playing the game, so to speak, um, I think first and foremost we must we must pray to Swami to give us the strength right. to withstand the various temptations that you know that get that get thrown at us in, in this world, and there will be tests, yeah. right, a myriad of tests. Um, so I think that's the first and most fundamental piece but you know second of all if we do want the lord's grace right we focus on what will please the lord right and it takes effort so if i give you examples right personal examples of, of how i stay true to my values um by swami's grace in university we had won an entrepreneurship competition in hong kong okay Right, um and the next round or the the, the very final round was to represent Hong Kong at a regional final, two to three months later, right. So we had to up our game because obviously this was a bigger stage, and, and you know, and wanting to win it, um, we had to do something different. So one of the things that my team had suggested was, oh, we can tell them that we've started the business and you know, pretend that we've raised this much money and got some customer interest, etc.
0: When actually you haven't.
1: When actually we didn't, you know, we didn't actually walk the dog, right. Um, I put put my foot down, pushed back and said that we can't do that. Um, we can certainly, uh, you know, walk the talk, right? So we can actually start a business and, and um, you know, do some pitching, etc., cetera, um, and then talk about it, right? Because we don't want to be fabricating a story. Um, and, you know, we probably have more experiences through that process to even share as part of our pitch, mm-hmm. which would even make it, you know, um, more stand sound yeah, yeah stand out exactly so um you know they, they they obviously uh eventually agreed to you know put in the effort and, and we did start the business um and you know tried to try to get some funding etc so um that obviously gave us a lot better a better chance uh and with that effort um you know grace was received and mm-hmm. we very fortunately won the regional final
0: amazing.
1: right um but it's the little things that, you know, kind of staying true to yourself, to your values while playing the game, competing, mm. um, you know, Swami will, will take care of the results. So okay. I think it's we've got to focus on that. Uh, and, you know, another example is that um, having been in the corporate world for 13 odd years, um, I've never drank, right? I don't drink. So it, it can be a little bit of a challenge, some may think. Right. You, you know, mean not
0: networking drinking, and such.
1: Networking, you know, social engagements, etc. But um, I think one is that that's those are my principles, and I've, I stay strong to those. Right? I, I don't drink, and I explain why if I need to. Um, and people uh, people can respect that. You know, people do tend to respect that. Um, and if they don't, then you find other ways to engage with them socially. Right? There's so many other ways. Um, you find other interests, you know, some are interested in sport, you talk about sport, play sport with them, food, mm. uh, you know, you go for a coffee, could be anything, right. right? So there are definitely alternatives to succumbing to the peer pressure of having to compromise on right. you know, what you believe is is right. Um, so, you know, those are a, a couple of examples. Um,
0: and- and you say that certain companies respect the fact that you have principles, right? Like uh, Amazon says have backbone.
1: Oh, hundred yeah. yeah, percent. Yeah. yeah. One of the, you know, principles that leadership principles at Amazon is to have backbone. Yeah, correct. Right. Um, and you know, speaking of companies, HSBC, for example, courageous integrity is their most important value. Mm-hmm. So it's not just us as individuals that need to stay true to our values just for our sake but to be able to enter the corporate world and these companies they look for that they want to see that you exemplify those values right google one of their core values is you can make money without doing evil yeah right um so uh that's
0: a great point because it can be difficult to do the right thing it can be scary but i think that's the only way you find the right people around you you know when you stay true to yourself you'll actually find people who want that kind of people and and then it flows you know exactly yeah
1: yeah yeah, exactly and that's that's what companies are looking for as well when they're when they're interviewing you um and and then perhaps one final example uh worth sharing is uh with regards to the work-life balance right Right. and the you know the, the perception that it's kind of FaceTime and the number of hours that you you know, put in at the desk um, and you need to be seen to be working very hard etc. Okay. Um, you know from day one this is something that I've uh, you know kind of looked at quite seriously and, and I've always wanted to ensure that I protect my personal time right. right because there's so many other things so many other interests right like you know whether it's singing bhajans um or whether it's yeah you know playing instruments etc um or playing sport right you know or whatever it may be right there's just so many other things that you uh, you want to be spending out your time doing so i challenge myself to be able to succeed within those working hours right and finding ways to do more within those hours right and um yeah it's something that um you know has has fortunately worked you don't necessarily need to be at the desk and be seen you know doing that um and to be honest you know managers even respect that they will actually ask if i'm okay to take a call at 7 30 mm-hmm. um in in which case at times I, I cannot because you know there's somebody waiting on the squash court mm-hmm. to to play so uh i think that's that's something is that, that's worth kind of thinking about as well um, and again not succumbing to expectation or to societal norms or
0: or perceptions. Fantastic, Kunal. And in case we haven't been convincing uh, in our ideas of what success could look like, um, there's this quote by Ralph Aldo Emerson, um, an American essayist, um, philosopher, someone who's highly regarded, that basically summarizes everything you've highlighted in this episode. He says, To laugh often and much, To win the respect of the intelligent people and the affection of children. To earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends. To appreciate beauty, to find the beauty in others. To lead the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition. To know that one life has breathed easier because you have lived here. This is to have succeeded. Thank you so much, Kanal, for that exceptionally empowering and practical take on success. You exemplify how we can, how we can be in the world and yet not of it. Dear listeners, it's now time for some Priscilla pills. One, success is genuine happiness and there is data to support this how empowering is it to know that each of us are the only judge of our own success no one else two some indicators of our success include our peace of mind character quality of our relationships and our sense of purpose three it is easy and natural to be tempted by the luxuries of the world but observe where this desire stems from What insecurity is this desire trying to fulfill? And having satisfied that desire, are we truly happier? Or did it just give birth to another desire, leaving us just as unhappy or unhappier than we were before? 4. When prayer is a habit, success is a lifestyle. Although it may be difficult and require conscious effort to navigate the world that doesn't necessarily prescribe to our values, Don't underestimate the grace that protects and propels you. Have courage that when you invest in Swami's principles, he is compelled to guarantee returns in divine timing. Until next Friday, happy scooping!